Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Well, welcome everyone to this episode. Uh, I'm very excited to have with me Matt Bird. Matt is all the way from London in the UK. And today we're going to be talking about entrepreneurialism and particularly what entrepreneurialism looks like in the church world. And uh, so just to give a quick background to Matt, Matt is a fascinating guy. Uh, He's a business and social entrepreneur, which I personally love as someone who's obsessed with entrepreneurialism myself. Uh, He's a global speaker, author and broadcaster. He's spoken in uh, at least 50 countries to more than a million people, and he's authored 17 books. Uh, I don't know where he gets the time, but he certainly manages to do it. Uh, And he's the founder of a number of organizations, uh, including a ministry. So uh, certainly his main uh, ministry is one called Neighbor, N-A-Y-B-A, which is a global foundation that helps local churches to love their neighbor and to transform their communities. Uh, And so that to me is uh, an amazing uh, ministry. But he's also got some actual businesses, a publishing one, uh, one that helps people with relationships to help them uh, succeed. And uh, look, he's got his hand in lots of different pies, but it's uh, very exciting to have such an accomplished entrepreneur with us uh, today. So Matt, thanks for uh, being with us today. It's great to have you. Alex, it's really good to be with you. I'd love to meet this guy you've got on your show today. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, entrepreneurialism, uh, this is something, uh, you know, your track record speaks for itself. You're, you're an entrepreneur at heart. Um, and, you know, we want to talk about what this looks like in the church potentially and, and why churches should em- embrace entrepreneurship. On, you know entrepreneurialism why should why do you think churches should get involved what's so yeah, yeah. important That's a great about question. it it's a great question alex because you know you said entrepreneurialism is in my heart it's in my heart and your heart because it's in god's heart absolutely that's a great way to think about so it for me if you define entrepreneurship as taking a risk to create something out of nothing. That's fundamentally what you do. You know, you come up with an idea, think, oh, let's turn this into a little business. And you take, and it's always a bit of a risk doing it because you're, you're, you're kind of putting some money in, some effort in, you know, however it works. So if you define entrepreneurship in that way, as somebody takes risks to create something out of nothing, that actually makes God the great entrepreneur. Mm. Because the Bible teaches us that before anything existed, God was. And God took a risk to create the world and to create us as human beings with a mandate to run the world, to steward it, to care for it. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty big risk. (laughs) Absolutely. And he certainly created something out of nothing. Absolutely. But the other thing I love about what you're saying there, though, and I think this relates to entrepreneur, you're starting something from nothing, you're, um, you're taking, you know, you're taking a risk, but you're creating and it's the same thing with God, God is the creator. So the entrepreneur has this amazing opportunity to use their God-given creativity, and you know, and that varies for all us. Some of us has you know different giftings, a music gifting, a business gifting. There's all these different gifts that people have and skills. 
but this is an opportunity to create yeah. uh, in the way that God himself is the ultimate creator. So it's... Uh, this, is, this is the point, Alex. You know, if God is an entrepreneur and is clearly very creative and innovative entrepreneur, and we are created in his likeness, in his image, the Bible tells us, then that makes all of us entrepreneurial. We all have, I believe, the spirit of enterprise within us. And I don't care if you're a forensic accountant or what you are, you are creative, you are enterprising, you are innovative, because God has imparted his spirit of enterprise in your life. So this is just, so why why should churches be interested in this? Because it's basically God's heart. Absolutely. And what a great way to think about it, though, because that would encourage listeners who probably never never thought of themselves that way. Um, they never thought of themselves as being able to entrepreneur, but it shows they can create anything, whether it's a ministry, a business. It should uh, it should actually be a, almost a spark, I think. Yeah, uh, for I mean, us to I mean, get, get excited so, about what God can do with this. Yeah, there'll be people listening who have planted a church. You're basically an entrepreneur. Mm. You've seen an opportunity. 100%, 100%. You've taken a massive 100%. risk to build a community of Jesus followers from nothing. That's, you're an entrepreneur. You know, our, our church, the church is full of entrepreneurs. And I would say that many people are also intrapreneurs. That you don't start something new and take a risk, but you work within an existing organization. And you're an, an intrapreneur because you bring creativity and innovation within your organization and within your sphere. And this, I believe, is an expression of the spirit of enterprise that God has put in us all. Fantastic. Well, look, it's exciting talking about it. If I'm a church leader and I'm watching this, how do I, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, this is this is interesting. How do I then integrate entrepreneurism into my church? You know, how do I encourage this amongst my, um, you know, my parishioners? How do I get them thinking about it? What, what do I need to do? What are the, the next steps, so to speak? Yeah, well, I think there are lots of things, Alex. One is if to start off by recognizing that God is the great entrepreneur and we obeyed in his likeness, so we are all entrepreneurs. And then realizing that the Bible is also full of entrepreneurs, people who gave up everything to follow God to create a new world. I mean, look at Abraham. He left everything, everything he knew, to go off and take a risk to be somewhere that he didn't know quite where it was going to be, but God was going to lead him. Look at Moses. You know, he pursued the the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. You know, I mean, you you go through the whole Bible, and the Bible is full of adventurous entrepreneurial leaders. So I think think, uh, if you're a pastor listening to this, hey, why not put your entrepreneurial spectacles on and actually look (laughs) at the Bible through a new lens and see the amazing entrepreneurial leaders and entrepreneurial adventures and endeavors the apostle paul my goodness what an incredible entrepreneur you know just i mean the, the churches he planted and the people he grew and the communities he grew it's, it's phenomenal. So, it's so phenomenal. that would be my starting point. Recognize God's an entrepreneur, recognize we're all entrepreneurs, and recognize the Bible as actually full of entrepreneurship. That's the first thing. You know what? Just thinking you talked though, I think, you know, because obviously I'm thinking, you know, 
business owners within churches and so forth. But I think just if I'm a pastor listening to this, I think it sort of it should give a bit of a spark for them themselves about what they can do with their own church and, and thinking of their church more than just, oh, this is the way we've always done it. But actually, you know what? God's given me this great ability to create. Why don't we take some risks as a church? And what's the church going to look like going forward yeah. as well? Having that entrepreneur, as you say, I love that that expression, the entrepreneurial uh, spectacles. I think that's great uh, for church leaders as much as anyone else. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fantastic. So you start with God. What's our theology? Let's start with a biblical theology of entrepreneurship. Secondly, um, you know, our understanding of God impacts what God has called us to do. It, it impacts our missiology, our mission. Mm. And, you know, there are great opportunities. There are churches with buildings and some without, but churches with buildings, okay, you've probably sub-optimized your building. What if you looked at it as a, as a, as a talent? I mean, the property developers call it an asset, but what if you looked at it as a talent? How are, you, how are you working that talent and maximizing it in God's mission? Could you, you know, and lots of churches do this. They start soft play zones, they create in the gardens around the buildings, they create into community space, uh, they rent the building to lots of community organizations, they host concerts, they host events. Um, you could transform your building into an amazing um, community hub. Yeah, no, that's you fantastic. But also it's putting the, the resource to use because as you know, many of them only get used on Sunday anyway. So what, a, what an opportunity, not only uh, there could be revenue sources, which is not the reason for doing it, but there's also just the ministry reach that the people you'd reach in the community. Um, you know, if you're talking about touch points with being able to reach into people's lives and bless them and help them, what, what an opportunity. So look at your buildings. Secondly, look at your programs. I mean, most churches nowadays who have got any relevance in the community have got some kind of community engagement, doing stuff sacrificially to express the unconditional love of God to people in the community. Um, you know, we, most churches don't do this with an ulterior motive. You know, we, we sure. I, I don't believe you should do this because you want people to come to church or you want, you want people to come to Christ. That shouldn't be our primary motive. Of course, we do want people to come to Christ and come to church. But the service we offer in, in the community should be unconditional with no strings yeah. attached. Yeah, We're doing this because we're simply expressing the, 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 the love that we ourselves have experienced from God. And God has loved us unconditionally, without strings attached, and we should love others. And I love it when somebody comes to Christ and comes to church, but let's not do it for that. Let's just do it to show the world, to show the community what our God is like. Yeah, it'll probably transform the way uh, the people will think about us, because if you think about the media these days, they they tend to report us as what we don't like as opposed to what we do and all the great things that, you know, Christians do add to the community and have for hundreds of years. Yeah. Just, we're just not thought about that, but this is an opportunity to, to do that. As you say, just yeah. by loving people yeah. unconditionally. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to be known for what we're for rather than what we're mm. against. Too against. often the church is known for what it's against, not what it's for. And, 100%. Uh, you know, this is massive. And so yeah. coming back to the program again, you know, what's the church doing in the community? You know, you may be running a food bank or a food parcel scheme. These are amazing. They express something of the generosity of the heart of God. But you know what? Food parcels and food banks 
are never going to solve poverty. They meet an immediate need. Need. But they don't fix the problem. Mm. Um, and I don't think charity is actually able to end poverty. You know, we have some charities who uh, grandly claim, let's end poverty. Well, charity mm. doesn't end poverty. I would also add that government can't end poverty. It doesn't matter no. how much a government taxes and how many welfare programmes it runs, it can't end poverty. There is only one thing that can end economic hardship. A job. That jobs. And where there are no jobs, it's new businesses and new enterprises. So this is saying you, you can feed you can feed a person for a day. You give you, you sorry you give you give a person a, a fish and you feed them for a day. You teach a person to fish and you feed them for life. Giving somebody a food parcel awesome. is yeah. is is yeah is giving people you know enough to feed them for a few days. But what what if we could help people start a small business? They could feed their family for life. And this is what Neighbour is passionate about. I'm passionate about enabling local churches to help people in their communities start businesses as a lasting solution to poverty. Because government and charity can never end poverty. Only mm. business and enterprise can truly end hardship and poverty and the beautiful thing about it alex is you're not you're not i mean receiving gifts is very humbling and there's nothing wrong with that but but actually helping somebody help themselves it also gives them dignity that's what i was going to say dignity is the key thing you're lifting them up out of poverty as you stay but you're restoring their dignity and you're giving them hope uh and you're setting them up for the future in a powerful powerful way so, you know, so beginning of last year, I wrote an article in the Times newspaper, which is one of the main broadsheet newspapers in the UK, um, as we emerged from the pandemic. And I called for something more powerful than a virus. <laughs> I called for an outbreak of the spirit of enterprise for churches Fantastic. across the UK and across the world to lean in to the heart of God as a great entrepreneur and to create new jobs, to create new businesses, to create new social enterprises that bring lasting relief to economic hardship and to um, the, the onslaught we've all faced upon our mental health. Oh, absolutely. It's been massive, hasn't it? Yeah. Huge. And I received a load of, I mean, more feedback than I ever have received on an article in the times before and the following week i just felt god gave me a download i was sat there on my sofa at home and i thought what the local church needs is a course that they can run that walks people through starting a business hmm. so i sat there that sunday morning before church and i wrote this seven session course that local churches can run themselves to help people in the community start a business. Fantastic. The following month, we published it as a book. It's now been published in six languages. There are churches in eight nations running the Spirit of Enterprise course. We've just got a major grant um, to scale up um, this program to support churches around the world to wow. 
create lasting solutions to poverty by helping people start businesses. Fantastic. What an amazing thing. I mean, and the flow on impact here is huge because, and you can't even necessarily see because you're going to be, you know, essentially seeding businesses around the world through the church, helping people. But that, that benefits not just the, the owner and the founder, but it's their families, it's, it's their communities. The flow on effect is multiplied. It's, yeah. it's could, just enormous. Could, we, we talk a lot about transformation, you know, transforming communities. Business is the most powerful tool that God has given us to transform communities. Literally, you employ 10 people, that is 10 families lifted out of poverty, yeah. putting them in a position where they can earn enough money to look after themselves, look after their families, and be generous to other people. Mm. This is literally community transformation at work. Fantastic. Yeah. No, look, that's interesting that you say, because it's sort of our heart as our ministry. We want to help people to be financially healthy so they can then use the resources God's given them to fund God's kingdom. Now, I use that broadly in the sense that means helping the poor, helping your family, you know, funding your local church, um, funding all the fantastic Christian organizations that are out there. There's so many things we can be doing. And it comes out of entrepreneurialism. It comes out of people, you know, generating income, creating things. And being able to uh, fund things, so it's fantastic. It's exciting. Yeah, I mean, there's that there's that scripture, isn't there, in Deuteronomy? <clears throat> you know, don't forget it says that it is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Mm. It is God who Deuter gives you Deuteronomy eight eighteen. Yep. Yeah, it's a so basically enterprise is a God given gift. Mm. Is from God the ability to create wealth, to become a generator, to create um, to create jobs for other people is a gift. Mm. And some people have it in huge bucket loads, and others just have it a little bit. But like most gifts, God gives, you know. But there is a specific calling and gift and grace uh, to create jobs for other people and create wealth. And this was spoken yeah. to Israel in a time when everything was going well for them. And you can imagine, you know, they're feeling that, that things are going well. Aren't we doing well? You know, everything's going well. But then this challenge. But remember, God has given you the ability to produce. Ability what yeah. you're currently enjoying is not actually your own doing. It's actually the gift of God. And that's a challenge God. for anybody listening today if you're doing well remember you're doing well because it's god's gift to you to give you the ability mm. to produce wealth and if you're not if you're struggling and you're listening today or you're a church leader and you you're you're working with people who are struggling receive the gift of entrepreneurship mm. and help people start small businesses you know in some communities in the uk the only role models that uh, children have because Often they're in broken families where there's an absent parent, often a father. They haven't got father-like role models. They look into their community. Where, where's their level of aspiration? Mm. The biggest aspiration they see is the drug dealer on the corner who's wearing the bling and driving around in a great car. Mm. Wow. Let's give young people something, something to something aspire new. for. Absolutely.
let's example and model something to them that actually the the best life is not becoming a drug dealer the best life is actually living with god and being part mm. of his family and being part of and being on an adventure with him yeah because i think a lot of people we desire adventure i think god wise us that way and entrepreneurialism takes you on that adventure yeah so there is a there's the gospel isn't just a spiritual thing yes we get the forgiveness of sins but the gospel is also about economic empowerment yeah. i mean you know the, the apostles walking in chapter four or five of acts you're walking to the temple through the gate called beautiful there's a beggar there he sat there every day asking for mm-hmm. money what did they say to him oh sorry gold and silver we haven't got what we do have we give you in jesus name be healed so they mm. gave the guy something better than a handout they literally gave him a hand up he was physically healed and he jumped around praising god because now he no longer needed to beg for a living he could go and work for a work. living work what, wow. what about the 10 lepers that jesus healed i mean they were living in a community um scraping for a living they've been they've been uh, they've been ghetto sent to this ghetto by the priests because they had leprosy and uh they were just completely impoverished so jesus Mm. says go and see the priest and as they went they were healed we all know the story but then they praise god because they were no longer scrimping and scraping now they could go back to the fields and plant and grow and harvest Now they could go back to the workshop and design and make and sell. Now they could go to market with their produce. So actually the gospel economically empowers people. And um, this is a forgotten dynamic of the gospel. For me, it's it's a spiritual dynamic, the forgiveness of sins. It's a social dynamic. It's about social inclusion, taking those that society has left behind and joining them into God's family. Thirdly, it's about economic empowerment and actually those who have nothing, who cannot earn enough to live, giving them a way to earn enough to live. Mm. And fourthly, it's about political justice and challenging the system so that the systems we operate and live in and in our culture are fair for all. I mean, this gospel, Alex, it is transformational. Transformation. It's awesome. It, it, it is mission. It's nothing else. It's it, So often we domesticate and sanitize the gospel of Jesus Christ and make mm-hmm. it this little thing that we, we accept into our hearts and we, we go to heaven when we die. What, <laughs> what, and then we invite other people to come with us and wonder why they don't get excited. It's because we've sanitized it. We've killed it. We've destroyed it. Yeah, uh, wow. I'm interested in an eternal life that starts today with God that is literally Mm. revolutionary. Wow. But you did touch on there just a concept of mission as well. So if I'm a a pastor, I'm thinking of this, how do I look at this as a mission field too? Because I I would almost argue that business is on the front line of mission. So how how do these these sort of integrate entrepreneurism and mission? I mean, entrepreneurship is mission. If you start a business and you employ 10 people, you're on mission. Mm. So often business and business people are reduced to those people who we think can write bigger checks for the church. 
Mm. No. We think business people operate in offices where they can invite people to church on a Sunday. If this is what you reduce the value of business to, you've completely missed the point. Business isn't in and of itself is transformational. Yeah. The value system a business adopts is hugely, hugely impactful upon the people who work for it. It's fantastic. You you create jobs, you lift people out of economies, out of of poverty, you stimulate economies. I visited in Romania recently, just two weeks ago, I visited a business uh, where they were designing and making furniture. There were six men, happened to be men, working in um, in this business in a small community of a few hundred people. It's transformational. Fantastic. It's a enterprise, not just working to make profit, but profit, to pile yeah. that profit back into its purpose and into yeah. its mission in the name of Christ. Fantastic. And I, and I believe in a time when, when the cost of living is soaring through the roof mm. around the world, this is, yeah. the, this is the one thing that everybody woke up today thinking about and it's the one thing that everybody tonight will go to bed thinking about. Yeah. The cost of living. Cost of living. Am I my job? Am I am my job? Is, what's, is, is it a risk? So. Yeah. So, so if the church wants to be relevant, it has to be able to not only speak into this, but offer a solution in this. Yeah. And, 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 and what, how, can we, how can the church be relevant? Well, we can help people start a business and if you've got a job and it's not making ends meet we can help people start a side hustle mm. do you know what I mean i mean there's only so many resources to go around so let's be generative let's create new resources let's create means for people to to thrive and grow but let's do it in the context of 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 god's people and the dynamics of the kingdom of god which you bring holistic awesome. transformation yeah. so alex i'm i'm passionate about this stuff this is what makes i can me see it's, it's fantastic yeah it's infectious it's infectious while you've been talking i sort of think oh maybe i've got some other ideas that i can to run with as well and you know churches are i think this is just such an awesome opportunity for churches you know it gets them to be the hands and feet of christ in a community um, helping people restore their dignity in their life, give them economic empowerment, as you say, and, and transform their lives. Yeah. And more than likely, one of the fruits of it will be, you know, many people will get saved as well, which is yeah. one of the heart, our, our heart anyways, to see people brought into a relationship with, uh, with God. If so it, it's this, so powerful. If we can do this with unconditional love, without strings attached, people's lives will be transformed. They will discover Christ and they'll come to church. But let's not do it for that motive. Let's yeah. do it simply. This is an expression of the generosity of God. And if you're a pastor listening, just go onto Amazon and order the book, The mm. Spirit of Enterprise. And the book is the course. So just go on Amazon, yeah. spend pounds or whatever it is in your currency that you're living in. Uh, get the book, run the course and do it. I mean, there are business people in your church who, if you said to them, guys, I'd love our church to run a course to help people start businesses. I've, I've never run a business, but you have. Will you run it or will you lead it or will you be a coach on it or a mentor? 
they'll bite your arm off. This there's <laughs> people in your church who who Good live and breathe this stuff who have never been 100%. asked to do anything but run the kids' church or hand out this, that, and the other. Do you know what I mean? And to be asked to use their business skills. They'll oh, come alive in the church in a new way. I guarantee you. Hundred percent. It'd be a light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Because as you say, many many people in church are just not using their gifts. And as you say, it's because they haven't been asked. They've got this God given ability to to create and be entrepreneurs, and, and they've never been asked. So what an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Fantastic. There we go. <laughs> Start well, the Matt, look, Yeah, awesome. Look, Matt, awesome talking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. It's uh, been great to have you on and uh, yeah, I'd love to have you back because uh, some really, I think not only, not only is it substantial in its nature, but it's, it's transformational um, for our churches and for the communities in which they, which they live. And uh, ultimately that's great for, for God's kingdom. So yeah, thanks for being with us, Matt. It's been great. Loved it, Alex. I look forward to next time. <laughs>